If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Maybe five. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Five years ago, one night I was at a, out of a friend's house out in the country in Vesper, Wisconsin, when my friend's car turned in and came rushing up the driveway. The car came to a halt and two of my other friends jumped out. They explained that they had seen something they just couldn't describe. I asked them if they got a good look at whatever had them so shook up. They looked at each other and said yes. They said they were driving through the country on their way to join us and were driving past a farm when they noticed something in the ditch. The friend who was driving said he flashed his brights to get a better look and whatever it was raised up and ran across the road on all fours. It looked like it could walk on two legs if it wanted to, they both said. They also said it looked like it was half dog, half man, or maybe half dog and half monkey. They couldn't explain how the creature looked any better than that. They just kept trying to compare it to other animals. They said they were about 20 yards from it. The brights were on, and they got a good look at it. Well, that's the story. I'll never forget how stricken their faces were with panic and fear. I don't think they were lying. I'd been working as a park ranger for many years and had always heard rumors about the mysterious creature known as Bigfoot. Most dismissed it as a myth, but there were enough sightings over the years to make me curious. One night, while on patrol, I saw something moving in the distance. I approached cautiously my flashlight shining on a huge hairy creature standing over eight feet tall. It was Bigfoot. I couldn't believe it. The creature that had been the subject of countless legends was standing right in front of me, and it was angry. It charged at me, and I instinctively pulled out my knife, ready to defend myself. The creature was strong, but I was fast and managed to dodge its attacks. I swung my knife with all my strength and landed a hit on its chest. It roared in pain but didn't back down. We battled for what seemed like an eternity until finally I landed a fatal blow. Bigfoot stumbled back and I watched as it collapsed onto the ground. Motionless, I was both scared and amazed at what I had accomplished. But my victory was short-lived. As I made my way back to the station, I noticed that something wasn't right. I was injured and the wounds were getting worse by the minute. I knew that Bigfoot had hurt me more than I realized. I stumbled through the woods trying to make it back to the station, but it was too late. I collapsed on the ground, my strength fading away. I could hear the sound of my colleagues' voices in the distance, but it was too late. The injuries were too severe, and I knew that I was going to die. As I lay there, I thought about my life and all the things I had accomplished. I had always loved my job and felt honored to protect the park and all its inhabitants, but I never imagined that my encounter with Bigfoot would be my downfall. In the end, I died alone in the woods, a victim of a creature that most people didn't even believe existed, but I knew the truth, and I hoped that my story would serve as a warning to others who dared to venture into the unknown. The park could be a beautiful and peaceful place, but it was also full of danger, and sometimes that danger could be too much to handle.
I grew up in southern Georgia in the woods and swamps, hunting and hanging daily. Fast forward 20 years. I'm on my lease hunting property near Whitmire, South Carolina. I found it strange that the old guys in the club would never, ever hunt alone in these woods. I normally carry a 30 aught 6 rifle while in the woods. One evening it was getting late, 20 minutes or so, maybe before dark. I'm watching some small ponds, sitting over a road in the tall pines. I'm in my climber, maybe 10 feet or so up in the tree. I love the woods, but hate heights. The woods are loud, but then very quiet. Okay, I thought. I was just hoping for a big buck. The next thing I hear is someone walking towards me in the small pines, but then they just stop. It's getting really dark. I start hearing deep groans where the walking had stopped. I'm thinking that it was a bear or a cat, which would be very uncommon in this area. A big cat, maybe. But bears this far south is not normal. It gets very quiet again. I'd see the small road well in the moonlight. The next thing I hear the groans are immediately under me, almost beside me. Now the groans are becoming growls. Also, the odor was a bit overwhelming, just like a dead animal in the woods. I thought that a stinky animal was climbing on my tree and felt like I was going to be grabbed. I started moving a bit, trying to get my gun pointed down and lifting my feet. I was shaking because I was freaking scared. I could hear heavy breaths. I started yelling down, if you're a club member trespassing, I don't care. Just identify yourself or I'm gonna freaking start shooting. I thought someone was trying to get at me in the tree stand. I never heard another sound and the foul odor was gone. I put my gun on my back and started slowly climbing down the tree. No more than two or three steps down the tree, I smelled that awful odor again. Then I heard a low groan. It was right in front of my face, but it was so dark that I saw nothing. It scared me so bad I stood up and jumped into the dark in the other direction. When I hit the ground, I rolled around, jumped to my feet, and ran down to the road. I ran as hard as I could to the gravel road where I could see well in the moonlight. At this time, I remembered that my buddy was down at the bottom of the road in the small pines where I put him in a big box stand. I didn't see his light, so I had to run down that road to get to the bottom by the rivers. He was down by the rivers. When I ran up to him, he said, Man, there's some weird ST going down. We need to go. We slowly walked together back up toward the gravel road. I heard someone walking on both sides of us all the way. I think my buddy was hearing it too. We didn't speak during the entire walk, maybe five to six hundred yards for some reason. I didn't feel my gun was going to help. I had hollered earlier, threatening to shoot, and whoever this was, they weren't scared. When we got to the gravel road, the entire atmosphere had changed. It was almost eleven o'clock at night by then. My buddy didn't talk much. We went back to camp and had some food. We went to bed. I could hear him rolling around all night and I didn't sleep a wink. I'd always loved working as a park ranger. The fresh air, the beautiful landscapes, and the opportunity to help people made it the perfect job for me. But when I discovered that my colleagues and supervisor were hiding the truth about dangerous predators in the park, everything changed. I couldn't believe it at first. The idea that something was stalking people in the woods seemed like a fairy tale, but the evidence was clear, and I couldn't ignore it. 
When I confronted my colleagues, they denied everything and told me to mind my own business. But I knew that I couldn't stay silent. I decided to take matters into my own hands and went into the woods alone to find out what was really going on. I had my rifle with me just in case. As I walked deeper into the forest, I began to hear strange noises, branches cracking, leaves rustling, and something moving in the bushes. My heart was pounding in my chest, and I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Suddenly I saw it, a huge, hulking creature with razor-sharp claws and glowing red eyes. It was one of the predators that had been attacking people in the park. I knew that I had to act fast if I wanted to survive. I aimed my rifle and fired, hitting the creature in the chest. It roared in pain and charged at me, its claws slashing through the air. I fired again and again until the creature finally fell to the ground. I felt a surge of relief and triumph, but also a sense of horror. This creature had been human once, before it was transformed into a monster by my former colleagues' experiments. They had been playing God, and now innocent people were paying the price. I knew that I had to tell the world what had happened to make sure that nothing like this could ever happen again. I walked out of the woods feeling both proud and haunted by what I had done. Unfortunately, no one believed me. When I said that I have proof and that I'll lead them to corpse, they just laughed and called me crazy. Am I really crazy? So I know this is gonna sound weird and ridiculous, but the craziest thing happened at Walmart today that kinda freaked me out for a while. So me and my girlfriend go to Walmart pretty frequently. It's cheap, and sometimes they have really cool Disney and animized shirts and stuff that we like, and it's, it's only five minutes from our house. So she told me she was gonna check the women's clothes to see if they have any biker shorts while I was gonna go to the men's section to see if they had any new anime or Disney shirts. We decided I would just meet back with her since the registers are right in front of the women's clothes and then we would go. When I was done checking the men's stuff, I see my girlfriend walking towards the food section and in my head I was wondering why she was going there, so I started following her to catch up to her and I see her suddenly turn left, so I ran and turned left and no one was there. It was an empty aisle and I was kinda confused, so I ran some more looking for her, thinking she was messing with me and maybe went to the next aisle and legit, there wasn't anybody near there and I was confused on where she would have gone. So I decided to just call her up and I said, Hey, where are you and why did you go to the food aisle? I told you I'd meet back up with you in the women's clothes and she said I am in the women's clothes. I've been in the same spot. Immediately I said I just saw you walk here, referring to the section I'm at, and she was really confused. I ran towards the women's section and found her and told her what happened and what I saw and she said maybe I mistook someone else for her, but my girlfriend is a pretty distinct girl. She's five feet nine and has really long blonde hair and is decked out completely in Disney. She was definitely weirded out but kind of just shrugged it off, but honestly I have no clue what happened. I was only like seven feet from her when she turned the aisle and I don't think she would made it all the way down to the next aisle by the time I turned into it. And I ran around the entire vicinity looking for her because I thought it was weird. She was legit trying on clothes when I met back up with her at the women's section. Who the F did I see or what was it? 
The fact this happened at Walmart, of all places, is weird in itself, but it really did freak me out. Edit. I know people are gonna think, oh, you just saw someone who looked like your girlfriend. But she was wearing something very specific, a uh, Disneyland jersey, which you get only from the park with Disney Crocs. We live in a retirement town near a res in the valley, so not many five feet nine blonde girls decked out in Disney here. Plus the girl I saw disappeared basically into thin air. So even if it was a girl who looked like my girlfriend, still was weird as that. I look up, uh, he looks at me and says going to be a full moon. Tonight said something else about luck, and I just kinda stood there looking at him. Husband comes out of the bathroom, and we head off. We didn't think too much of it. A little while later, we kept hearing the noises getting louder. We could also hear trees breaking and things like that. We tried to ignore it, but we soon found out that ignoring those sounds was a bad idea. We saw a creature that was seven to eight feet tall coming toward us. The creature stood like a human and acted as a human would, but it looked like a dog or a wolf. We were completely surprised. We had no idea what was going on. We ran back to our cars as fast as we could and drove away. My girlfriend and I are renting a cabin in West Virginia. On Thursday, a nasty ice storm came through and knocked out the power. It has been out ever since. The whole county is dark and will be for a while. The animals are acting bold. Last night, my girlfriend and I walked out to the end of the long driveway to get something out of the car. Her dog started staring at the edge of the field and went towards it. He is young, and so he gets distracted and does sometimes wander. He doesn't run away, but you will look up and see him behind the house or something. Anyway, my girlfriend runs to him and starts to bring him back when I spot something at the edge of the field. It's what the dog was looking at. I see it run across the road and into the field. It was very low to the ground and pale in color. It's too fast and dark to make out what it is. I assume it's a coyote, so I call out to her, Hey, there's something over there. Get back here. And she walks back over to me by the car. From there, we hold the light and shine it over that direction. I see its eyes looking at us. Then I see more sets of eyes, probably about seven in total. They are shifting up and below the hill in the field, hiding and peeking out to see us. At this point, we still think it's coyotes. So I keep the light on them while she gets what she needs from the car. The thing is, I kept my light and my eyes on them the whole time, and they seemed to stand up. Suddenly their eye shine would rise up as if they stood up on their back legs. Their eyes went from about one, two feet off the ground to easily five, six feet. I did not mention this to her, and I just said, Coyotes, let's go inside. Throughout the night, we would have to go outside to put gas in the generator as the power was still off. She held the flashlight, and I filled up the generator. She is shining the light around, keeping an eye out for anything, as well as keeping the dog with us. She spots two sets of eyes about 100 yards away at the bottom of the big hill that the house sits on. She says something's down there. I say coyotes or deer. She says whatever it is, it just doubled in size. And sure enough, I look and these things are rising up and back down like the ones earlier. We have coyotes here. 
Everything about these events screams coyote to me, but I cannot fathom how they stood up like that. I saw it run across the road, and though I did not get a good look at it, it was not a deer. It was fast and low to the ground. It did not bound and jump like the deer do. I've been thinking about it all day, like it had to be a coyote, but then how did it get so tall? When I was still in elementary school, me and my family used to spend all summer at my great uncle's house. Me and my family slept in the same room, except for my sister who'd sleep on a bed in the living room, and my great uncle who'd sleep in his own room. That one was a pretty normal day. We went to the beach. We ate some pizza, and then at around 10 p.m., we all went to sleep. At around 4 a.m., I suddenly woke up because someone was throwing things around in the kitchen plastic cups, containers, food, etc. The door was open, so I was able to see the light coming from the kitchen. So when I had enough of all that noise, I got up from the bed. At first, something seemed off. I thought I was having some sort of strange dream, and as any rational kid would do, I tried to see if I could bend fire. Who wouldn't want a fire bend, right? I, I, I couldn't. I wasn't dreaming. My father wasn't in his bed, but I didn't care much since maybe he was just in the bathroom. My great uncle was fairly old and had trouble sleeping at night, so I thought he just went into the kitchen to get some water. Uncle, uncle, are you all right? All this noise woke me up, I said while making my way to the kitchen. To my surprise, the room was empty, but the light was on and the fridge was open, with a can of Coke laying in front of it. What? I thought. I looked up to the shelf that was to my right, and I saw what was making that noise. Some sort of short creature around 30 centimeter tall, a gnome, you'd say, was looking at me, terrified. He was terrified because I saw him. I thought to myself, he's going to hurt me. Better if I fake to faint. And so I did. After a couple of seconds, I opened my eyes, and I saw that I wasn't on the kitchen floor anymore. I was in a strange, colorful tunnel. I got scared again and closed my eyes one more time. After a minute that felt like eternity, I reopened them, and I was laying in my bed. There were still sounds coming from the kitchen, but I was scared and just waited for them to stop. And before sunrise, they did. That wasn't the only encounter I had with that dude, but I never saw it again. I'd only hear him because I was, and am, too scared to see him again. I don't know what he was doing exactly, but I'm sure I wasn't supposed to see him. I know it sounds crazy, but feel free to ask me anything about this. When I was about seven or eight, I had a disturbing encounter with some kind of creature or entity. I lived in the Appalachian mountain range of Pennsylvania. It was November, around when daylight saving time occurred. I remember it was supposed to be a school day, but since the snow was so heavy, the buses were not able to drive out in the morning, so school was canceled for a snow day. I was so excited to spend the rest of the day outside in the snow. We had an acre of property going quite far back into the woods. I was walking deep into the forest to a small frozen pond past my property line. All of a sudden, the woods went dead silent. No birds. No wildlife scurrying around, absolutely nothing. I remember thinking it was strange, but kept walking to make it to the pond. 
I should have turned around right then and there, but was just a naive little kid. After I reached the pond, everything was still completely silent and the hairs on the back of my neck felt like they were rising. I started to get frightened, but I didn't know why. I felt like something really bad was going to happen to me if I didn't leave at that moment, so I decided to run. Back home. As I arrived in my backyard, I realized it was so late, and the sun was actually setting. My mom came running outside, asking where I was literally all day, and to never, ever disappear like that ever again. None of this made sense to me, because I had only been outside for about 20 minutes. I left my house with my snow gear on at around 10 a.m., right after getting the snow day call. It was now almost 8 p.m., meaning I had been gone for around 10 hours. I have no idea what happened and how I had been gone for such a long period of time. I remember only being out there for such a short period of time. I don't know if this was a skinwalker encounter or even a wendigo encounter. Has anyone else had this happen to them? Was it some kind of creature? I didn't see anything at all while out there. I didn't lose track of time and I didn't fall and hit my head or anything. What do you think happened? Please let me know in the comments. This happened in the summer of 2020 in Lawrence County along Blaine Creek in eastern Kentucky. My mom's home, where I grew up, is situated in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains. There are no houses or neighbors within half a mile of her house. The area is simply beautiful mountains. One night, her old dog was barking, whimpering, and growling. He just wouldn't stop acting up. My mom was confused since there were no outside noises that she herself could hear. The dog was pacing back and forth to the door and windows. After 30 minutes or so, she decided to grab her flashlight and go outside to make sure everything was okay. No animals had been messing with her trash cans, so she figured her dog was picking up the smell of a raccoon or other nocturnal critter. She scanned her yard in the creek and didn't see anything out of place. So she turned to go back into the house, and that's when she saw it. I will give the best description that I can from what she told me. I've never seen it myself and hope I never do. She said it was standing on its hind legs. These hind legs looked like an animal's, but the front looked more human. It had patches of long, light-colored fur all over the body and leg. The top looked like a humanoid man, while the lower part looked like an animal. The face was very odd. She called it an alien apeman. She said that it stood about seven feet in height and was muscular. She stood paralyzed with fear, shining her light on it. It looked at her. Then it started walking on all fours out of her yard towards the back and toward the mountain. It did stop and look back at her a few times, but finally disappeared into the darkness. There was another encounter. One night a few weeks later, her dog began acting up again. She decides to stay inside. She turned her lights off and looked out of her dining room window. There was a pole light in the yard. She was able to see it again, although it was further away from her and not as detailed. She said it had the same shape and was the same thing she saw just weeks earlier. She backed away from the window for a few minutes, then looked out again. It was gone. After that, she would walk out onto the back porch and fire her shotgun at dusk, hoping the creature would heed her warning. 
It's been over two years now, and she still fires the shotgun every early evening. The creature hasn't returned. I have a friend who worked as a forest ranger in the U.S. for a few years. He's told me some freaky stories about what he's found at work. I'm convinced that neither all forest rangers are in this huge inside joke to tell the most crazy stories about their work to anybody who asks about it, or the woods hide much more than one would think. One of his stories that's always living rent, free in my head, is when he told me about this weird pit that he found in the middle of the woods. He said that they had received reports of this dug-up pit. Apparently, some colleagues had found it while patrolling. Just a huge, large pit in the middle of the woods. He went to check it out, and sure enough, the pit was there. Just a hole in the floor about the size of a car. But right in the middle of the pit, there was a vintage record player just there. He picked it up, and it seemed to be in mint condition. He took it to his office. The other rangers there just filled it up and nobody ever came to ask about the record player, so he kept it. Next week, they got a complaint from their superiors as to why nobody had filled the pit yet. Confused, my friend assured that he and his colleagues had already filled it up. They assured them that the pit was still there. They were sent to inspect, and sure enough, it was again as if nobody had even touched it. No trace of the dirt that they had even put on top of it. There was only one difference, and this time, in the middle of it, one of those very vintage cigarette cases. My friend picked it up and once again filled the pit, figuring somebody must be up to some funny business here. Maybe some rituals or something, but none of it made sense. Again, nobody asked about the cigarette case. Not that he'd expect to, so he kept it. A few days go by and they get a report. The pit is back again. Now they're having none of it. They go and carry a small security camera, strapping it to a nearby tree, finally catching the pit, digging maniac. When they get there, they find a small, old-looking, leather-bound notebook. Once again, my friend grabs it, takes it with him. They install the camera, fill up the pit, and leave. The pit never came back once the camera was placed. Whoever was digging it chickened out and left it alone. However, my friend's curiosity did not die there. He took the things to an expert and confirmed they were all genuine and in extremely good conditions. A weird place for a vintage collector to store his treasures. But the strangest thing of all was that he found the journal. He opened it up and found a newspaper cut out. It read April 17, 1972, and on the journal there was only one phrase written. It worked. Another story he told me is about this kid that had come stumbling out of the woods one day. He was somewhat dirty, but it just looked like a normal amount of dirty as a kid would be after playing around all day. He was wearing a t-shirt and jeans, so nothing out of the ordinary. When the rangers found him, they took him to one of their offices to ask about his parents, how he had ended up there. The kid answered he was just playing in the woods and got distracted by chasing a beetle. He had lost his parents and his brother and ended up where they found him. He seemed completely normal, but when he spoke he had a strange accent as if English wasn't his mother tongue, but had learned it very well. They asked for the name of his parents and he replied they were called Key 98 and D-54. They insisted on their real names, but the kid kept repeating those numbers and did not know what the rangers meant. 
They asked if he knew their phone numbers, but the kid didn't seem to know what a phone was. He just seemed to slowly get more and more nervous. They kept asking him things to try and help him. About how long ago he had got lost, if he knew exactly where he was before. If he could remember where he had his parents and where they parked their car, where he was from. But the kid answered nothing. All those words he seemed to have never heard them before. He seemed to be completely lost about it. Suddenly the kid gets up, said that he had made a big mistake, and promptly exited the office running. The rangers ran after him, but he was fast. He went into the woods and vanished, leaving no trace behind. The rangers went straight inside, but the kid was gone. After searching all afternoon, they figured they were going to need help. They called in search and rescue, conducted extensive searching covering much of the terrain as they could. They never found anything, not even footsteps. Everybody was ready for the parents to show up and asking about their kid at any moment. They never did. Missing posters were placed with his description, also shared on social media. The police even got involved at some point, but the child was never heard from again. Slowly, the search died out. He became a missing person report. No photo, address, or name to go by. Just an extremely generic physical description and the name of his parents, K-98 and D-54. My friend said it became some sort of taboo topic. Nobody wants to think where a lost kid in the forest ended up. The thing is, even if my friend is sure nobody will ever find out what happened, he is convinced that kid was not lost in the woods, but somehow placed there. Perhaps his parents were alien. It's interesting the whole case surrounding it. After the search died off, everything on social media was pulled. Any documentation released was now redacted. Something about it is very, very fishy.